This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a snowy and chilly Monday night in Michigan. Glad to be with you. Uh, really great interview coming up tonight. I think we're going to really like this one. Max Stambaugh joins us for the first time after the announcement of a new ride a couple of months ago. We're going to break all that down with him coming up. But first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR announced today that they're going to be handing out harsher penalties in 2022 in the NASCAR Cup Series. The new penalty structure is a three-tiered system, L1, L2, and L3. It was announced on Monday. L3 features the harshest potential penalties, including tampering with or counterfeiting next-gen single-source parts. And uh, that also includes engines, tire, and fuel. And then it works its way down from there. Uh, L2, such as modifications, uh, violations of engine seals, unapproved alterations. And then uh, L1 would be post-race failure with weight requirements, uh, not meeting NASCAR rules with parts, and failures in the submission and approval of processes of parts. And it's a new uh, penalty structure being handed down from NASCAR just a couple of weeks before the season begins. Speaking of NASCAR, three new drivers going uh, went into the Hall of Fame over the weekend. Uh, of course, one of NASCAR's most popular drivers all time, Dale Earnhardt Jr., enshrined into the Hall of Fame alongside of his dad, who was part of that inaugural class back in 2010. Red Farmer, also a part of the Hall of Fame now, and Mike Stefanik, also now being a part of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Persistent rain showers created saturated grounds on top of rain from Friday night and forecasts calling for more at Volusia Speedway Park forced World of Outlaws and dirt car track officials to cancel Saturday's entire program. Uh, Friday night's feature now set to be made up February 16th during Dirt Car Nationals and uh, other races Monday, February 7th, a makeup date as well as that February 16th date that we mentioned. Uh, so uh, some, some issues already down south in, do we call it pre-speed weeks? I, I don't know what to call what these races were supposed to be down there. But anyhow, that's what's happening in Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. How are you? You know, I'm a little disappointed, Zach, because apparently being a co-host for an award-winning podcast does not get my driveway snow blown before I get home from work. If you didn't live so far away, I'd have come over and done it for you. But I saw I saw you on a tractor this weekend <laughs> on social media pushing snow. Tell me what you were doing. Uh, well, yeah, I had some people to take care of, but uh, they were less than an hour and 15 minutes away. So <laughs> <laughs> a little easier to take care of them, my friend. Hey, I do want to start with a small discussion tonight because social media was blowing up about this. 
and I want to get your take on it, and I, I probably like to give some opinion too. Dale Earnhardt Jr. goes into the NASCAR Hall of Fame over the weekend. Did he have a Hall of Fame career? And I want you to look at everything that he did for NASCAR, and whether that's good, bad, if he didn't do enough, if, if he should have done more, if it's about wins and championships. What, did you, what are your thoughts on Jr. being in the Hall of Fame? Zach, um, I would never was a giant fan of Junior, so I don't have my feelings to put aside or anything like that. But he had moments, right? Um, of course. You know, winning at Daytona after Dale Sr. passed away. I mean, he had big moments. In terms of a career, he never won a championship. Never really came close. You know, yeah, he had um, the. Uh, a lot of folks will point to the 2004, I think it was, season, where he was leading the point standings after the win at Talladega, and then swore on the NBC broadcast and was docked points and fined pay. Now that's where Dale Earnhardt Jr. passionate fans will say he was going to win. He was going to win until NASCAR docked him points. Yeah, it's kind of like saying that the referees blew you the football game. No, no, just win the game. Well, just win the championship, right? Right, but but then you look back. I mean, if you're just saying NASCAR, it's not just Cup Series, right? Is it right? Okay, um, Bush Series. When I guess that's what they call it, Xfinity now. Um, you know, he was pretty dominating back then in, right. in that series, and and he moved up, and you know, yeah, he won some races, but um, you know, he it wasn't pretty for him. I mean, he, he was an he was an unbelievable driver, just like his dad was on at, at Daytona and Talladega super speedways but uh i mean everything else it, it was really tough i mean i don't know um i guess i give him a pass i mean he's the most he was the most popular driver for eons 15, 20 <laughs> years right every single year yeah um and i guess if you want to keep fans you better put your most popular driver ever <laughs> in the hall of fame and that's what i was going to bring up is the people who when you look at dale jr's racing career i would i would tend to agree right i mean granted he he's not the winningest driver of all time he's not up there with the jeff gordons and the jimmy johnsons and you know richard petty's and and dale earnhardt seniors but he did win a nice little bundle of races in the nascar cup series something that a lot of drivers will never get a chance to say that they did. A lot of drivers that compete in the Cup Series or competed in the Cup Series on a regular basis never going to get a chance to say they won a NASCAR Cup Series race. I don't think winning a Cup Series race automatically punches your ticket. What I think does validate his Hall of Fame ballot a little bit more is you can argue everything that he did for the sport. Now, whatever that phrase means, I don't know, but... Um, he did a lot, I think, to bring fans or keep fans in our sport. I mean, Junior Nation is a real thing because of whatever it was that he did in the early 2000s into the end of his career in the uh, mid-2010s. So whatever that was, I think it was good for our sport in some way uh, because it kept fans involved in NASCAR and I think in turn uh, attracted at least some of them to short track racing. Is he the most popular driver in NASCAR history if his name is Dale Smith? Yeah, I don't know. That's a fantastic question. Probably not. I don't think I, I'm thinking not. He's is he even the most is he even the most popular driver if his name is Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Dale Senior quietly retires, uh, you know, out of a race car with with no tragedy? It's another another pondering question. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I would. I guess I, I was at Daytona for the the day back in two thousand one when Dale Earnhardt passed. I was at that event, um, you know, and you know he did, obviously that's I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I mean, that's that's one of the worst things that could ever happen. But he had some moments that put him up on a pedestal after that. Like I said, winning at Daytona. I mean, him and Mikey down on the infield on top of each other's roofs, you know, um, hugging each. I mean, that's a moment you'll never forget in NASCAR Absolutely. history, yeah. you know? Um, so I don't know. Did a couple I, Daytona think, 500 championships as well. Let's not forget that he did win the 500, I believe twice, maybe three times. Well, there's other, there's other people that have won it, but does that mean Trevor Baines in the hall of fame? I, I, no, exactly. <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I guess if you put the whole, everything together, it's, he's not there because he was a champion. He's not there because he won enough cup races. He's not there just because of just because of his popularity. I think you put it all together, and and that's why they put him in because he has more fans today than anybody else. Right? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, probably probably more than Chase Elliott still, but um, I think that's probably why they put him in. Um, those are NASCAR fans that they want to keep around a while. And if there's any listeners right now saying, well, if you don't win a NASCAR championship, if you don't win a Cup Series championship, you don't go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, you're going to keep Mark Martin out of the NASCAR Hall of Fame? Just asking. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, here's 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 a difference, Zach, and, and I don't know if I, – I don't think they qualified on how somebody gets in. Right. Here in Michigan, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, you can get in as a race car driver, but you better have won some championships. Your other way to, <laughs> your, your other way to get in – in the Michigan Motors is a contribution to motorsports. Right. Okay. That doesn't mean you won a championship. You could have gone your whole career without winning a championship. You could have done anything else in motorsports for 30 or 40 years that contributed to motorsports in Michigan. So there's a way that they, we have a way to distinguish that here in our state for our hall of fame. They don't have the, how to, you know, you don't really distinguish that in the NASCAR hall of fame. They just kind of put them together. All right. Let's bottom line it justified no sir all right wow i can't i wow. can't, I can't uh, <laughs> no i just i think there's a lot of guys that should be in that aren't in yet that uh before him all right maybe 20 years from now yeah a special honoree or something like that but there are a lot of guys that have performed way better than he did on the track and they're not in so uh Let's see. Let's see some of the old school guys get in. That's what I want. I want to see more of those. I'll justify it. I think it is justified just based on, like you said, encompassing the whole thing that he did for NASCAR is the only reason I justify it. Not based on performance, obviously not based on performance alone, but his whole career, what he did for the sport. That's how I justify it. All right, let's take a look at some schedule announcements that were made this week. First up, uh, this one had some traction. It had some people's attention. It had the internet stir crazy this week. The Great Lakes Super Sprints, presented by Engine Pro and ARP, released their 2022 schedule. Now, this was officially released to the drivers and fans at the uh, awards banquet a couple of weeks ago. Now it hits the internet and really... Good looking schedule for 2022. This is a this is a peach. I like it. I like what I'm seeing here, Rich France. It's it's a very busy schedule, Zach. Now you notice, um, you know there there is a track missing, and it looks like they have some tracks on here that I don't remember seeing before. So 
I guess one, you don't see Merritt Speedway on here. That's right. Uh, like they've had in the past. But Oshweekin, uh, Route 66, Wayne County Speedway. Um, you know, it looks like everybody's going to get to travel a little bit uh, and not just stay in the state of Michigan. This is pretty cool. So things are going to start, as you and I, I want to come back to your point about some new tracks. Um, things will start. Man, what are we looking at here? We're less than three months away from the season opener for the Great Lakes Super Sprints. 422, April 22nd at I-96 Speedway. That's a Friday. Then they do Saturday at Crystal Motor Speedway. Following week, nothing currently. It's a TBA date for a Friday night. Wayne County Speedway scheduled for Saturday. Uh, so that's going to be fun. And then this is a fun doubleheader as well. Friday the 13th, this is into May, I-96 Speedway. This is a doubleheader with the All-Star Circuit of Champions. And All-Stars are going to Route 66 Raceway in Illinois from I-96. So Barry and the guys said, "Want do you, do you want to convoy over there? And Route 66 said, bring them. We need a good 360 show to accompany this All-Star show. And so it's going to bring the Great Lakes Super Sprint boys to uh, Route 66 Raceway in Illinois. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That's a big racetrack from what I understand. I've never been there, but it's big. And that'll be a... Uh Busy weekend for, for the teams and the drivers to get down there because uh, Route 66 is not just around the corner from I-96. <laughs> uh, Hartford Speedway and Crystal Motor Speedway the following weekend. Uh, actually, there'll be two weekends from that. Uh, and then doubleheader weekend at I-96, June 3rd and 4th. Hartford Speedway and Fremont Speedway, June 24th and 25th. And then we get into July, I-96 and Butler Speedway with a doubleheader weekend, July 1st and 2nd for 4th of July weekend. Winston Speedway. How about Winston Speedway with the wall all the way around? And the, uh, I mean, this has been a really fun racetrack to see late models and modifieds race on. Now I'm excited to see. They did some lightning sprint races in the past. They're going to bring the big cars on July 8th. Hartford Speedway with a standalone weekend, July 15th. I-96 in Fremont to end July. And then, look at the circle this on your calendars, folks. First weekend of August. Friday, August 5th, Mount Pleasant Speedway. Saturday, August 6th, Silver Bullet Speedway. Markham, two first-time appearances for the Great Lakes Super Sprints at, at both of those racetracks. That's going to be a lot of fun. Two small and tight racetracks. These could be really good races. Yeah, they're not going to be able to open these motors up there. I don't think too much at those two, <laughs> at those two tracks. But I saw those, and I and I didn't know it. And that's I'm glad you asked because you, you made that comment because I was going to say I don't remember Mount, Mount Pleasant ever hosting GLSS or Silver Bullet. I didn't remember that either. Silver, but Bull I think that's awesome. Silver Bullet regularly had the Michigan traditional sprints, the non-wings, uh, and the, I believe that carried over with the Great Lakes traditional sprints as well. Mount Pleasant, a regular host of the uh, Great Lakes Lightning Sprints. I do believe they hosted a one-off Great Lakes traditional sprints race at one point as well, but the Winged Warriors have not visited those two facilities, so... Um, Man, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to that weekend. I think it's going to be a lot of fun at two very tight racetracks. Uh, 819 and 820, I-96 and Butler, uh, beginning of September, Labor Day weekend, Hartford and Crystal. And then Great Lakes Super Sprints will co-sanction the uh, Canadian Nationals at Oshweekin Speedway, September 17th and 18th. And that is a 2022 schedule for the Great Lakes Super Sprints. See what I like? I like... Because I like the speed. I, I, I love watching them on bigger tracks. Yeah. So 
so mine would be the six events at I-96 and the four at Hartford. Boy, if I could see, man, that'd be amazing. We've been to Hartford, Zach. <laughs> They've done a great show. I wonder if we can talk them into just letting that track go all the way around. Let the, let the sprint cars go all the way around and make that thing a half mile again. I never had a chance to see it as a half mile, and everybody I've talked to said I missed a darn good racetrack. So uh, if you can convince Tim and Leah to open it back up, I'm sure there'd be a line of people ready to hit it. Well, I'm, I'm thinking just like anything, um, when you get tracks like that, it is rough on equipment. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we, we were learning, the, you know, the same thing a little bit with the Toledo Speedway. Um, it's hard to get big car counts early in the year because guys w- want their equipment to last. You know, it seemed to get decent counts lately uh, for the Glass City uh, with the CRA cars. It's a half-mile track and with the Outlaws. But but you're right. It's early in the year. Um, it's really tough on the big tracks. You know, I mean, anybody want to pop a motor that early in the season or two? Um, probably not. But it, it, it sure is fun to watch them, though, isn't it? I tell you what, it, it, and and all these other tracks, too, don't get me wrong. The smaller tracks, uh, these guys put on such a great show. They're such good race car drivers, and we're going to talk with Max Stambaugh more about that coming up in just a few. I want to ask you, did you see the Owasso schedule was released today? Uh, we don't want to leave racetracks and uh, race series out, and uh, Owasso snuck a schedule out today. Uh, that uh, we should look at. They're starting a little bit later than I thought they would be, though, Rich. Yeah, and in, some tracks are doing this, and I think it's, you know, it's starting to, I don't know, I'm not going to give my opinion on why, but I think it's, you know, everybody's realizing that it's it's too much of a weather risk in April. Um, it can be cold and rainy, and uh, if it doesn't rain real long, then it's not warm enough to dry the track and, and get everything warmed up. So, it, it look, what I guess their first scheduled date um, outside of a bunch of test and tune events uh, is May 14th is their opening night. That's uh, and, and I think you normally you would see that in the northern tracks. Sure. You know, um, if you get up by Merritt and and Silver Bullet and maybe Winston. But um, no, I mean, they're going to start at May 14th. And it should be pretty decent weather by then. Modifieds and Sportsmen will be the headliners that night. Uh, the first glance at Super Late Model Racing will be the showdown uh, with Super Late Models and Trucks. Uh, of course, Sportsmen and Pure Stocks, Front Wheel Drives, they'll be there as well. And that'll be June 4th, the first time that we see Super Late Models on the schedule. Topless Modifieds on June 25th is a highlight for the Owasso schedule right now. And uh, then we see Super Late Models again on July 9th. Super Late Models on July 30th. The Ron Hauser Super Showdown is when we see Supers that weekend. And then we end with the Owasso Nationals on September 23rd and 24th with Super Late Models then as well. So modified dominant schedule this year. Supers just getting a few dates, which I don't think is all bad considering how much pull there is for super late models right now no now we're going to have to watch the all-star performance challenge series schedule to see how many of those events we're going to see chad finley in an outlaw late model <laughs> yeah you're right because if he has an open date i bet he goes back i bet he goes back well let's he, that's our guy that went to the dirt he can't stay away from the pavement he and lies I, to me but he can't i i think you're right i think you were gonna see uh chad do some stuff here in a pavement late model this year uh, we, we should get him back on the show and see what's going on with him yeah really really once the schedules come out and we, and we have it all figured out we can you know kind of 
pin him up against the wall and have him make a decision on the show. How's that? Hey, last week we had a fun segment that we like to do here on Horsepower Happenings. Gary, did you know we bring on Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer Gary Lindahl? And it's kind of of a revised, not a revised, it's more of a uh, revived version of the uh, former uh, written piece that Gary started years ago, did you know? And we brought this to Horsepower Happenings. We're happy to have done that. And uh, Rich, you spearheaded this week, really, actually. This was your baby this week, so thank you for that. And you got some great action on our social media on this week's questions. Yeah, and technically, if you look at it, this is the first week where all four questions were answered. Unfortunately, not all by the same person. Now, (laughs) if somebody would have taken all the answers put in there and put them into one comment, boom, we'd have our first winner. There you go. But, uh, you know, came close. We had one person. Let, let's go through these. But we had one person get three right, and he had a problem on the last one. Ah. And, and uh, yeah, we'll get to that. And then he thought about it afterwards, and he never posted the comment. Oh, man. He, yeah, he, he just kind of let somebody else do it. But let's go through this. And uh, so question number one from Gary last week. Who did Gary, Gary Lindahl most re- recently co-announce with? Before Rich France. And we had people saying, well, I don't remember. It had to be Scott Schultz because what? And then people said, no, Gary went quite a while solo, right? Okay. Which he did. So you have to go back to uh, 2000, 2001. And uh, the co-announcer that he worked with prior to me was Rick Eshelman. And this was really cool. I got to meet Rick Eshelman one night because he's working with the World of Outlaws. And we were there on a night that the World of Outlaws were at I-96. I walk up. I introduce myself. I tell him I'm working with this guy named Rich France. And he goes, no way. (laughs) (laughs) The Rich France? I said, yeah. <laughs> you, you never thought you'd hear that at a dirt track, would you? I was really thrown for a loop, man. That Especially was... from the World of Outlaws announcement. I know. Like, I, no way. Exactly. And, oh, uh, Rick, me, Rick and I go back a long way. We're and then there great, was something something about mustard and a race car suit, and uh, that was enough of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beer was <laughs> Alcohol was involved, okay? <laughs> Rick Eshelman, man, what a great guy. If you ever get a chance to meet him, really, uh, you should take the opportunity. So, Rick Ashman answered her question number one. Nice job. Uh, what Troy? How about Troy coming in with the answer on that yeah, one? Troy Herman and Adam Matthews both got that one. So, uh, Troy jumped in early. I think he knew that right away. And Adam took a shot at the next three. And Adam got the next three. I'll just tell you right now, he got the next three correct. So, but let's go through them. No, question number two: This longtime car owner and builder was simply known as Grumpy, and. What did I tell you last week, Zach, about how I knew this gentleman? Probably built, I spent more money this gentleman on, I don't know, over my race, 25 years of racing, he probably built 23 of my bodies. Woo! And uh, so Grumpy was none other than than our our friend Bob Ward. All right, very good. And and, and Adam was the only, well, Adam was the only one to answer that one, okay? Uh, I think uh, Rand had that one too, didn't he? Oh, I think Rand did answer that one. Rand Thompson as well. Yep. So let's go to question number three. This was this was unique. You had to think about this. The 2006 Glass City 200 was known for the Simcoe windshield jump, but who won the race? Now, I, I will tell you, Rand and Adam did get this correct. I do not know if they had to Google it, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to give them both the benefit of the doubt. But the winner, but the answer to this question was 
Jack Landis. And I would never have come up with that. Of course, that race uh, was, you know, for me, that's what I remember was the window kick. So, uh, sorry, Jack, you were overshadowed. Well, I knew the first three, just like just like Adam did. Um, and here's where the problem come in, the last one. Gary has to throw one of these in there when we're in Michigan. And I can't believe so, one of our friends in Michigan kind of got this right. So I was very surprised. Uh, this driver is considered king of the Mount Lawn Speedway. And I was out on that one. Now, my buddy, Biggie G, Robert Gill, he's a photographer. You see him around at all the racetracks. Uh, one of Gary and I's dear friends. Um, he had it guessed. He named two drivers. He said Bob Fields or, and I'm going to give Biggie a, a half on this one. Because he said, or, which was the correct answer, <laughs> LJ Lines. All right. There you go. So so that was pretty cool. We had we had a lot of interest this week, and, and man, they were all over it. I can't believe as many people got the first three questions right. I, I didn't think they'd go right through them that quick. And I thought it was fantastic, too, that uh, there were so many responses this week. Uh, we had so many people weighing in on this week's show, uh, let alone getting answers correct. I just love that people were taking a stab at it. And, and, and conversations going back and forth. Well, are you sure? Right. You sure uh, who this was? Was it? Didn't Scott Schultz announce with Gary before when before Rich was you know announced? Yeah. And so it was fun watching it. And it, you know you sit there and read it. and You want to post something and you got to wait because we're going to give it away. Yep. So uh, I had to wait till Monday. But no, it was, it was great. Thanks. Thanks for everybody for getting involved with this week. It was really fun. And of course, thanks to Gary for putting this on with Gary. Did you know here on Horsepower Happenings? All right, Rich, let's get into our interview tonight. We had uh, the breaking news with this guy a couple of, uh, what has it been, about a month or so ago, maybe two months, and uh, now it's time to actually talk to this guy who's going to be wheeling this car. Let me know who we're talking to tonight. Yeah, Zach, he was the third leg of the three. Uh, we got to talk to the other two so far. Great to finally have him on the show. Makes his home in Elida, Ohio, and I can say for the first time on the show, he'll be piloting the 71H for Smith Motorsports in 2022. Max Stambaugh, welcome to Horsepower Happenings, man. Hey guys, how you doing? So I want to hear your side of the story because we've heard the other two side. How did this go down? Because uh, I thought you're pretty happy where you were at. Yeah, you know, uh, first off, I just want to say, you know, thanks to uh, Steve Harding, Sean Robinson, Chad Bond. Um, you know, the opportunity I had this year with the 5S, the home pro roofing car was very good. Um, and uh, just um, you know, a deal come about with, uh, Steve and, you know, thought this would be my, uh, a career move for me. So, um, um, wish nothing but the best of the five guys. Uh, like I said, a great group of people, but, um, you got to take opportunities when they come. And I figured this was the chance to take. Did it have anything to do with that team? Just picking up the great Lakes super sprints championship in 2021. Um, not really. No. Um, I feel like I competed with them all year. Um, I drove the car once. So I kind of got a feel for how they are. Um, they had a great year with Ryan, too. So um, what a better combination, you know, me, uh, you know, getting the side championship and 10 wins. And then uh, they, they win a championship and had some wins. So uh, you put one and one together. Hopefully it's a good outcome. You mentioned you drove that car at one point, And then, you know, as Rich alluded to, racing against that car as much as you do. Is that not only driving the car, but having to try to beat that race team and that race car? We all know that Ryan's a good driver, but... It's also a testament to you know what equipment you're getting in Max is going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say the 71 car uh, 
speaks for speaks for themselves. You know, Steve and Michelle do a really good job at uh, putting a you know A plus race car on the track all the time. So um, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into uh, when it all come down. We started working on cars, and and uh, you could say I'm a, at a loss for words. I'm pretty excited. When you raced for this team and for this, uh, when you raced this car, uh, these were kind of one-off events, and it really did catch people's attention. When you did get in the wheel, uh, get behind the wheel of that thing, uh, what was that? The end of last year, or early part of last year, or this year? When when exactly did you drive that car for them? Uh, the, the previous year, so well, yeah, it had been end of 2020, okay, uh, COVID year. So um, you know, we ran the Gym Four Classic, made the dash, uh, got a dash win, and and finished seventh in the feature. And if I would have probably let Steve do his thing a little more, um, we probably would have been, you know, just fine. But, uh, you know, first night in the car, you gotta, you gotta get, uh, where I thought I felt comfortable, but we still had a really impressive run. I I was really happy. And uh, I think we all got off on the right foot. And I think that too, probably helped you be able to make a decision when this ride became available, because you already know what it's like to work with this team. Again, one race is a lot different than an entire season, but you kind of have that feeling under your belt. Uh, did that help you be able to confidently make the decision? Yeah, I I would say so. Um, you know, when it, when it come about, um, it was hard uh, to uh, decide not to drive the five car. But uh, like I said, this opportunity, um, you know, they got Maxim race cars. Uh, you know, they're getting, you know, new motors. Um, Jerry with TC Power Sports has come on in a huge way. Um, finally got to meet him a little bit and, uh, you know, he's, he's all in, which is great. Um, and their crew guys, you know, the crew guys on the team is very good. So it kind of, it kind of made my decision a lot easier after, uh, you know, they made me feel really welcome and, uh, I figured it was the best move and, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that, you know, that was, uh, my decision. You know, Max, when we talk to Steve, you know, normally when you win a championship, the, the, if anybody's going to leave, it's, it's maybe the driver looking to do something else, not the, the car owner. He's pretty happy. Um, you know, Steve told us, you know, after a little bit, he, he kind of talked to you a little bit. How long did it take you to give him the answer he was looking for? Uh, it, it took me a while. I, um, I've drove, you know, a couple cars the last couple of years and you, you get a relationship with somebody and it's hard to make a change. Um, it, it took me a little while because, uh, you know, obviously this past year, you know, with, uh, Steve Hardy and Sean, uh, Robinson, we were just, uh, we, we really had a good year. So it was hard for me to make a jump when I knew where I was at with them. Um, I think the opportunity with Steve Smith to run a little more races and, uh, you know, they wanted to make a change, and, and, and I figured, uh, what the hell, you know, let's let's do it. One of the things I thought was interesting is, you know, uh, the relationship between you and Ryan. Uh, you guys are friends off the track. You guys have uh, – it's not anything unusual to see you guys cracking a beer after the races and hanging out and talking. And I, I want to know, were there any texts or calls or exchanges between you two before or after the deal was made? No, not not really. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, he's no, thinking not, about he's uh, thinking about it, Zach. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, such a no, you know. Uh, we look at no. it from the outside. You know, we look at it and we go, "Man, this is this has got to be a weird little situation for you guys because it, it it's just racing politics a little bit. Not even that, you know. Uh, as as Rich alluded to, uh, Steve said he was ready for a change, and you know that that was the longest time he'd ever had a driver in his car was for that tenure that Ryan had. So. Uh, he felt justified to make the driver change. So I just wondered what it was like between you two. 
Yeah, no, uh, I mean, uh, me and Ryan are good buddies. Um, I think it worked out for Ryan as well. Um, you know, he got he got a good ride too. So um, he's going to be in Ken Mackey's car. So that's a good deal for him. But, uh, you know, let's just say I'm I, I, I'm really happy where I landed and sure. uh, I'm ready to make things interesting. Do you know what the plan is or what was the conversation like when, when this came up with Steve and, and Sean? And uh, was was that team already starting to be put to bed or what was the deal there for you? Um, yeah, you know, I, I really don't know. I know, um, I'm taking my family car to Florida, um, with Sean, uh, Robinson and, uh, my buddy Russ, he's going to be turning the wrenches on it. Uh, Russ is a big part of the five car as well. So, um, me and Sean are going to do a little racing in the family car when we can. Um, and, uh, you know, just, uh, keep racing together. And then, uh, the 71 year, you know, when we kick off, we'll, uh, we'll be ready to rock with that too. Max, what is it about Great Lakes Super Sprints and you guys uh, not wanting to, you know, keep your butts warm in, in seats for too long? It's, it seems like every winter there's there's some noise to be made. Uh, you know any reason behind that? Well, uh, you know, racing racing has been like that a long time. You know, look at David Gravel, Sheldon Hotchild, you know, Macedo. Th- these guys change rides. You know, you got to go to the best deal. Um, I figured, you know, with the opportunities in front of me, this was the best move I could make. And and I think Steve Smith knows that me and him can be a threat together. And, and um, I, I hope to plant my seed in them cars for a couple of years and, uh, you know, not take them out. And also, I think you got to be ready to know that at some point, Steve might say, okay, Max, thanks. Good luck. <laughs> um, but, yeah. you, you know, that, that is part of the sport, I guess, a little bit, is to be prepared to be flexible. Well, well, the good thing about Steve is, uh, you know, he likes to drink beer too. So <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of excited with his past, you know, in the, uh, you know, what he did with Jojo Helberg and the, um, the asphalt sprint car stuff. I- I'm excited to go to, you know, just watching a, a sprint car race. And uh, maybe we can talk Steve into getting in the dirt car one night this year. Now, that was the interesting part of our interview with him was the lack of dirt driving that he has done. So I am behind on that push for that to happen. You let me know when we're drinking beer and when we have to talk Steve into doing it, and I'll be there. <laughs> we, I think a couple of uh, McAltras and Steve, he'll, uh, he might be up for it. <laughs> now, I want to talk to you about something else that uh, he told us during his interview that I thought was pretty exciting. Uh, you're going to get a chance to work with one of the hot up-and-coming uh, open-wheel drivers in the country right now during one of the biggest weeks uh, that, that happens in 360 sprint car racing. And uh, that, of course, Zeb Wise in the Knoxville Nationals. Talk to me about that. Yeah, that's uh, that was a big part of my decision. You know, uh, it's always been a dream for me to go out to Knoxville. So um, when the opportunity come, uh, Brian Kemenal working on the car, uh, being teamed up with Zeb, you know, Zeb's a really good driver. Um, I'm excited to uh, listen to his intel and what he has to say about what he does and, uh, you know, his driving technique uh, compared to mine. So that, that will be interesting. One other thing, too, that I've been thinking about, and Rich, I'm sorry, I'm stealing the thunder here just a little bit, but uh, with this plan now with with Steve, uh, when we talked to him, it was kind of up in the air. There weren't really any schedules out yet, um, and it was just kind of a wait and see, play it by ear, and I know that you're not the type of guy that runs for championships all the time either, so what are you guys hoping to be able to do this year? What's your goal? What do you you want to be able to do with that 71H? Well, you know, I, I want to come out, uh, you know, pretty hard. I, I would say, you know, GLSS, uh, fast shows, NRA, um, some butlers, 
just, you know, kind of like I do every year, Zach, I kind of hit and miss until I got to make a decision and, um, you know, hopefully make the right one and go with it. I, I think Steve's very open to, a, you know, whatever. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing is because, you know, there's a couple weeks he wants to take off to, uh, you know, enjoy life a little bit and uh, keep the, you know, the homestead happy. And, and there's some weeks off I want too. So uh, it's a flexible deal between us. And uh, we're not, uh, you know, too particular on what we're going to run. But I, w- I would imagine we would be, uh, you know, in the 360 stuff quite a bit. Max, looking at the schedule that Barry Marlowe released last week, um, looks like a pretty busy summer for you guys once again. Absolutely. Um, excited for that for sure. Um, Barry does a good job scheduling races. Um, I know Zach's excited to get it announced in I-96. I'm excited to get there <laughs> driving. Um, I feel like I-96 has turned into uh, – you know, the powerhouse of Michigan right now. So I think everybody's excited for there. Are you going to give uh, me a, like he had a couple of new tracks too. Are you going to give me a hug every time you go to victory lane? I, I have standards for us now. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I get a little excited and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, I, you know, hopefully uh, I am giving you a hug again this year. Let's put it that way. I do want to say, you know what I want to do? I want to go to I 96 and not get there and have it rain out when the sun's that would be out. Something. That's what I want to do. That would be something. <laughs> now, one, yeah, yeah. one thing I want to mention, too, is, and I'm just I'm going to go here because I think it is kind of the small elephant in the room. Uh, you abruptly left the GLSS organization for a reason that we don't need to dive into. But what I do want to bring up is that you did come back and run at the end of the year, and I think it's great, too, that you're able to talk about the fact that you're going to – that you'd be interested in running with that series and with with that sanction again and also the props that you gave to Barry I think that's important for our sport to recognize and to hear and to understand that uh you know there's an opportunity to let bygones be bygones and get back to racing absolutely um I you know I mean you can ask Barry me and Barry have a good relationship and uh he he does the right thing for the racers so um what happened is what happened you know I'm I'm not going to go into it everyone knows it uh I you know you can't let it beat you down forever and uh you know I, I would like to say that I come out on top you know the five guys really you know put their heads together you know we ran six at the all-star show the you know a week after it happened so exactly they um they, they didn't give up on me I didn't give up on them and, and that's what me- that's uh that means a lot you know so you mentioned that you're going to take your personal car down south. Uh, for, I know you have some fans. Actually, we had somebody jump on our page today and said, I can't wait for this interview. Big fan from Texas. Uh, looking forward to checking in on what you're doing. So uh, elaborate a little more on your preseason plans with your personal car and then when we might see you get in that 71H for the first time. Yeah, you know, um, I'm going to go do, uh, you know, East Bay. I've been down there the last couple of years. This will be the... Um, first time since 2018, we're taking the family car down. So we're going to run the all-star shows at East Bay and, uh, stay for the three sixties. And then we're going to run some USCS stuff uh, a little bit, you know, bounce around, keep, uh, keep racing. And, uh, you know, the 71 car will, will come out when, uh, you know, 410, 360 stuff, you know, starts around Ohio and Michigan. I, I would like to think, uh, you know, first week, of April or somewhere in there, you know, you'll see the 71 car come out. So, so Matt, you're not going to have a lot of time off. It seems like once you get things going down in Florida, right? Right. You know, and I think that's a good thing though. Um, staying in the seat and, uh, staying busy. Um, you know, Steve Smith talked about going to Florida this year, but you know, with him updating his program, I mean, um, 
if you guys had an idea, I mean, what him and Jerry are doing right now, this race team's really coming out uh, pretty strong, and, and we're getting geared up, and, you know, everything takes time to put together, and, and uh, I'm going up to the shop again this weekend. We've had a couple weekends working on the car, and, and uh, we're, we're really looking forward to it. You know, when back in October when we were down in Nashville, um, I had talked to Buddy Kofoid, and I was talking to him, and, he, you know, he's trying to do some late model stuff on the pavement, but he still wants to run – you know, you know, uh, under 75, 80 races a year are, you're not looking at that many, are you? No, no. Um, you know, about 40 is my cutoff. I, I'm, uh, I'm getting a little older. I'm 25. I'm, you know, I, I like where I'm at. I'm in a good spot. Old at 25. So. <laughs> I just had yeah. to register what he said too. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I, I'm happy with the schedule. Um, I would say the 71 car will be out 30, you know, 35 times. So that's, that's a lot of racing for sprint cars. So we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're super thrilled. You mentioned the upgrades that Steve is doing to his program. And then we talked about going to Knoxville and I can't help but think with you and your caliber of driving, and this is maybe an oxymoron given what you just said, but, uh, rookie of the year with the all-stars back in 2017. Is that right? Yep. Somewhere there. Cool. Has there been any thought about maybe taking this program somewhere else, a little bit more of an, a regional or a national type of situation? I think that the resources that Steve has, his equipment's really good. That's been proven time and time again. Uh, you're a talented driver. You've run with the All-Stars before. Has there been anything in your heart or your mind that has, has said, man, I wonder what it would be like to go back uh, and, and see what we got? Um, yeah, you know, it, it would just depend on how everything played out. Um you know, I think Steve's already got the equipment to go race. So, um, I think, you know, I say this a lot, but you know, building together is a big thing. So if we're building together and we're running together and we go have a couple top tens with some all-star races, that's, that's a good step in that way. But, uh, I'm also a realistic guy and, and I don't like to take a, you know, a knife to a gunfight. So we build together, we, uh, show speed together. You, you, you never know what's down the road. Yeah, like kind of like last year, Max, you know, Cap Henry went full season with the All-Stars. And, you know, when he when he was running down here, Attica and, and around here, he, he would win quite a bit. Um, he kind of had a tough season. He had some good runs, but uh, also runs that, uh, you know, he probably thinks that could have been better for him, too. Uh, is You don't want to go half and half, right? You don't want to, oh, I can run good half the time, but I'm going to get my tail kicked the other half. Right. I, you know, you hit that on the head. I mean, if, if I'm the type of guy that wants to go all in. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Um, I think that makes you better. You know, running on the road can beat you up a little bit. Don't uh, don't let nobody fool you. So, like I said, you know, our, our schedule is pretty diverse this year. I think we, we got a good plan, and um, it's a building. It's a new start for all of us. And uh, I think we're all looking forward to it. Just, uh, you know, I don't know the countdown to the first I-96 race or the first Waynefield race, but uh, – I, I know it's coming. Let's get one other thing out of the way, too, and maybe some of this isn't finalized yet, but, uh, you know, we've seen you behind the, the wheel of the Home Pro Roofing and the NEFCO and, um, you know, the, the other other vehicles that you've driven. Uh, who Who's coming on board on the side of this thing for you this year? Who's making this possible for you and Steve? I know Steve, by the way, let me preface this by saying he made it clear yeah. in our interview he likes to spend his own money on his race car, which I thought, okay, that's a flex. But I know that there are some other people that, that come on board for, for minor things, as he mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Jim, coffee, heating and plumbing, 
uh, Polaris Off-Roads on this year, which is, you know, that is just pretty exciting itself. Uh, you know, Jerry with TC Power Sports, he's been involved with the 71, and uh, um, he's there as well. And, and Schaefer Oil come with me um, for this year. So it's, uh, it's shaping up to be really good. Um, we got a lot of good guys behind us. You know, them people right there is, is what makes that car go. And, and I'm happy to, you know, be able to put my seat in it. Man, Max, this is exciting. Uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I'm looking forward to the season opener and uh, getting to see you and, and of course, Ryan and, and, you know, Greg and all the guys. Uh, Dustin, get back to work. And, you know, as you alluded to, Ryan is in a really good ride. You're in a really good ride. These guys are coming back to their stuff that they're really used to. Uh, this could be a real dogfight of a season once again, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, and, and something else, you know, Daggett, look at the way uh, Dustin Daggett ended the year. Uh, Greg Dahlman, you know, he, my buddy snuck into victory lane at Thunderbird, uh, had some consistent runs like normal. The, the competition level right now in the 360 ranks in our area is um, pretty strong. So it, uh, it, it's going to be exciting for sure. Max, I think this is the perfect time seeing Zach so excited to ask him kind of handicap on who's going to win the championship at GLS this GLSS this year. You're what asking you me or asking I, Max? Yeah. No, I, wanna, I, I figure Zach's so excited, maybe he'd get handicapped this thing Listen, I'm going to win it, Zach. I didn't know who was going to win it in June of this year. <laughs> I didn't know who was going to win it in July. I didn't even win, know who was going to win it when Max left, uh, and it was Ryan and Dustin. I have no idea um, because it's that close. And as Max said, Dustin came on strong at the end of last year and made it made Ryan work for it. I don't know, to, to Max's point. It's so competitive – it's really hard to pick right now. Max, he's running for office, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll put my pick in. I'm, I'm picking Greg Dahlman. Dahlman coming out, getting his first uh, GLSS championship to match up with his side. He, he's winning the championship in 22. I, you know, and I think that would be fitting, too, because, you know, they they were throwing everything but the kitchen sink at that 49 car. Even the kitchen sink, I think it was uh, – maybe it was Thunderbird that they did do that, and then they end up in victory lane. Um, him and Keegan, that father-son duo, man, they work, they work their tails off. And I'm with you, Max. As far as the feel-good story, I'd love to see him go to victory lane and get a championship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, it's going to be exciting to see everything go. It's, it's all a gelling thing like uh, Greg and his boy, um, you know, me and Steve. I, I feel like we're already gelling pretty good. We've been working on cars. Uh, he's got a good group of guys. You know, Zach's the tire guy and Ty's the, uh, you know, one-two guy. He, he does everything that you need when you need it. So, um Steve already has a good group of guys in place. I just need to fit myself in. You just uh, opened up another question for me, actually, here, and I know we're running long, but with the transition and with the change of teams, I know this isn't something that's new to you to change teams, but is there any sort of barrier that you're concerned about <clears throat> about talking to the guys, the crew, and making those changes when you go out for qualifying and the car is not right? Is there any concern about a barrier to get those decisions made across the the, the into the crew's hands, or are you setting up your own car? Talk to me about what's happening in the pits. Yeah, I, I mean, you're, you're right on that. Um, you know, with the five car last year, it took a couple nights. Um, I think everybody saw that. It took a couple nights, and then it was like we clicked. Um, so same thing with the 71 guys. Um, benefit of me already being in the car a couple times. Um, Steve's, Steve's got a pretty good head on his shoulders on, you know, on a decision-making um, deal, and uh, I think it will just stick to his plan because obviously they were, they were fast with Ryan. So uh, 
uh, hopefully we can leave where he left off and just carry it on to me. All right, man. Sounds like a plan. I'm going to let you get out of here. We're uh, looking forward to it, as you mentioned. Uh, season opener coming up at I-96 very soon. Just, man, what are we looking at here? End of January, so we're maybe three months away at that uh, for season opening racing for the Great Lakes Super Sprints and looking forward to seeing you there, Max. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for making time for us, and good luck in the new ride this year. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, having me on. Rich, stop by the trailer one night. You didn't come get one last year. Well, I tried, Max, but they rained a place out. No. <laughs> oh, way to go. You brought it back up. The one time he tried to come see a race, and it rained out. <laughs> I, was, I was there twice. I was there twice. I worked one night for Barry, and, and then the second time I went back, uh, got there and went through a couple of rain showers and then got there, and the sun was out, and everybody says, oh, we're canceled. Oh, uh, well, man. And, and the good news is you don't sound at all bitter about it either. <laughs> Not at all. I can't wait to get back and see Max and everybody else. Max, good luck down in Florida, my man. Hey, have fun with that, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. As always, appreciate Max making time to to join us. I texted Max late this afternoon. I said, you want to be on the show? And he goes, I'll always be on your show. What time? So he is uh, always loves being on Horsepower Happenings, and we'd love to have him on the show, too. Is he not fun fun to talk to? Oh, my goodness. And you know what's funny? I've You and I have the same problem. We get too busy at the races, and by the time we find Max, he's already had a couple beverages, and uh, I, I'm, I'm going to make it a point to stick around that trailer at some point this year. Well, usually when we're at the races, we're, you know, when we're, when we're there, we're working all night. That's right. And, and I have a two-and-a-half-hour drive home from <laughs> I-96, okay? So, I mean, the probably the last thing I need to do because those guys have drivers for them, right? So the last thing I need to do is uh, sit around I-96 Speedway for two hours consuming alcoholic beverages. That wouldn't be a good thing either. Let me just let me just throw this out there. Butler Motor Speedway is eight minutes from my house. There's two dates on the schedule. So, Max, save a, save a cold one for me, all right? <laughs> Hey. And, and oh, and, and then you're going to save a pillow for me at your house, right? We can make that happen, Rich France. We can we too. can make that happen. Uh, Max, always appreciate having you on the show, and uh, good luck again. As we mentioned, uh, going down to Florida this year, so good luck with him and uh, the, the family-owned car. Uh, Rich, speaking of Florida, things are heating up down there. We do have some people down playing around in uh, Florida. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was just while we were doing the show, I was kind of checking in on Corey Bevard. They're doing practice tonight down at uh, the Clay by the Bay East Bay Race. Way Park, and uh, of course he's got his dirt car UMP modified down there. Things are heating up down south, and that's what's kind of dominating our upcoming calendar. Yeah, really. Let's start on the pavement side, and they're working their way down. They're in Georgia this weekend before they get down for Speed Weeks. CRA Speed Fest 2022 uh, this weekend, January 28th and 29th, down at Chris Motorsports Park in Cordell, Georgia. Super late models, pro late models, mo- the modifieds. So that'll be a joint event f- between the Midwest Modifieds Tour and the Mayhem of Modifieds. Uh, street Stocks and Legends all in action this week down in Cordell. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic show and uh, really just a staple event that that's becoming with the Speed Fest. And I love, too, what the super late models and the pro late models had a good thing down there. But I love adding the street stocks and the modifieds to that event. I think that's really going to be a nice little touch onto that race. Yeah, and what I like about it is CRA. That you know, that's a CRA event, but it's going to be co-sanctioned with the Southern Super Series. So you are getting 
Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nassi. Uh, you're getting a lot of different drivers. Corey Himes showing up. So the the super late models and the pro late models are going to have excellent fields. And, you know, I know we were down there last year. I can't get down there this year. But um, we had a great time down there last year. All right, let's take a look at what else is coming up, Rich. Uh, on this upcoming calendar, as uh, as we mentioned, man, Speed Weeks is, is here. It's happening. Uh, how about things happening with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series? They are kicking off racing in Georgia as well. Uh, Florida gets kind of the – they get the Speed Weeks, you know, rap, if you will. Man, Georgia kicks all this stuff off. Why are we ignoring Georgia all the time? <laughs> because those are the only dates they can run if they want to get any in. That's exactly right. Pretty much everybody in Florida has all the rest of the dates covered through the end of the month. But, uh, yeah, Golden Isles Speedway, Zach, in Waynesville, Georgia. The Super Bowl of Racing, the kickoff for the 2022 season for the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. Three nights of racing, over $34,000 to kick off 2022 for the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. Over three nights. That that should be some great racing as wow. well. Wow, and so much money up for grabs this year with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. So um, looking for some big names to be there. And an interesting development that we're kind of been watching on social media is the big names, the Brandon Shepherds, the the Hudson O'Neills, uh, even the Jonathan Davenports, they're really getting picky about what races they're going to run during quote-unquote speed weeks, uh, whether that's because of supply chain issues, tire issues, whatever it is. Some folks are really only planning this Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series portion of the schedule and or just the World of Outlaws portion of the schedule. There's some real picking and choosing going on right now in the late model world as to what they're going to run. Well, and how about this, Zach? I just saw a social media release from Bobby Pierce. He is not coming down at all Wow! For to, to the Georgia events or at this time. They're not coming down at all for any of the Speed Weeks events. Keep in mind, Bobby Bobby Pierce was out at the Wild West Shootout out in New Mexico. That's right. So that has that may play a little bit to do with that. But um, you know, normally where you'd see everybody else, Bobby Pierce, if you're going to Florida, don't plan on seeing him. Oh, wow, big news! All right, Rich, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, of course, oh, it's really weird how this all worked out, right? We we do this show all year. We do uh, you know a Monday every Monday night throughout the entire year. We do a show. This is the third season we've been doing a show. For all intents and purposes, even with a leap year, this should be the final show of the season. But it's like having a fifth Sunday. You get a 54th episode of Horsepower yeah. Happenings next week. We missed it by one day. The first Monday of February is the new season because we roll into Speed Weeks with a new season of Horsepower Happenings. This year... You get a you get a January thirty first edition of Horsepower Happenings. I don't know I what don't we're gonna do have, to celebrate. I don't wanna have to explain to anybody how we got fifty four <sighs> weeks in one year. I just don't wanna have to explain it. I don't I don't know how it happened. I don't understand what we did. I do not understand how we managed to make that happen. Has anybody looked? Have we missed a count somewhere? I don't I know. We, I I think we did a special show, didn't we, throughout the summer, a couple specials um that kinda did we do a special for one of the All-Star Performance Challenge Series events, maybe? Man, um, I, maybe. I know that 11 months ago, February 1st, 2021, we launched Season 3, Episode 1, and we haven't stopped. <laughs> ever since I'm trying then. to come up with something not to make us look stupid. <laughs> I don't think it's a count issue. I think it's we have done a lot of shows, and uh, 
We're going to keep doing them next Monday. I don't know what we're going to do to celebrate adding two weeks to the year, but we're going to do something. It's going to be fun. Uh, same time, same place, uh, as always, on behalf of Scott Menling, who pays the bills, my co-host Rich France. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk next week on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.